Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. He's good. I was thinking, all right, Gunnar, you got to get it together before you get up there. <laughs> Maybe I don't. I'm just thankful he's a God of faithfulness to all generations. Just like he's a generational God, he's always been faithful. I think that, that even that word with the cornfields was just to demonstrate his faithfulness throughout our whole lives and not just ours, but our children and our grandchildren. And I, you know, if the Lord tarries long enough, even some of you 20 year olds in here, you're gonna have grandchildren one day. And, 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 and how you respond in obedience and faithfulness right now to the Lord, the history with God that you're cultivating and in intimacy with him right now is something that you get to pass on to your children and your grandchildren. And it's like, man, even in our failings, that, that song said, even in our comings and our goings and all that, even in our failings, he's with us. Even in our failings, he's faithful. I'm so grateful. How about you? Come on, just one more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. You guys can be seated. Oh, man. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Um, a couple of things this morning uh, before we jump into our final installment of the Ready or Not series this morning. Thank you, Tim. Uh, prayer rooms are happening every week, three times a week here at the dwelling. Prayer rooms are, uh, if you've ever been before, you, you may have, if, you're, if prayer rooms are new to you, you're probably like, what is happening in here? No one's like, <laughs> is this a prayer meeting? What's going on? It's uh, basically two hours set of worship and just soaking in the presence of the Lord. And I'm telling you, that whole dwelling thing, this whole name of our house, I don't know if, we're, if I'm ever my truest self as when I'm just getting in his presence and it just strips away everything, all the pretense, all the fake stuff and just me and the Lord. And he accepts us that way anyway. I mean, he just loves us. And so there's this, there's this thing about just being in his presence that changes. It's transformative. It's transformative. And that's what prayer rooms are. Mondays, 10 a.m. to 12 noon right here in this room. Wednesday nights, time changed from last semester, six to eight. And then on Thursdays, 10 to 12. So even if it's coming in, like this past Thursday, I think there were like six people here. And it was people coming in on their lunch break between classes. I mean, some people stay for like five or 10 minutes. Some can stay longer. But it's just enough time in the day just to get quiet and get in his presence and ministry to the Lord first. That's what it's about anyway, right? Okay. <laughs> All right. Communities are kicking off February 18th. We, we had our uh, community leader training last Sunday, and that's the most people at training we've ever had. And so I'm excited about this uh, semester of communities. Uh, the the sign-ups kick off next Sunday. All right, so we're going to introduce the leaders next week and also give an opportunity for you to go online and sign up for uh, a community. Get in a dwelling community because you weren't meant to do life by yourself. And uh, I believe that you're going to find life in relationship with other people around pursuit of Jesus, one of the most fulfilling things that you've ever experienced. And that's just one way to do that is through communities at, at the dwelling. Um, youth Sundays are every first and third Sunday now. So next week, if you've got a teenager, grades 6 through 12, 
right after service is a lunch and a connect time, and it's fun. And uh, parents, you can go out to eat and come back and get your kid after that. But every first and third Sunday. And then I've got one more announcement. I want to call Pastor Brandon, our kids pastor, up to uh, talk a little bit about something that's happening this March. Good morning, everybody. How many parents do we have in the room? By a show of hands, let me see your hands. Several parents are in the room. Wouldn't you say the saying is true that it does take a village to raise a family? That you need people to connect with. Maybe they're in a season that's ahead of you or maybe they're younger, you get to pour into them. That's why we need what we have here at the dwelling called Parent Night. It happens once a year and that's coming up on March 12th. The whole purpose of it is for a few things, for you to connect with other parents, get poured into, get equipped for your role. I don't know if you know this, I hope you do, that you're the number one spiritual influence in the lives of your kids. We get them for an hour, hour and 15 minutes, maybe longer, um, but you get them all the time, and your investment into them is vital for their um, walk with the Lord, so sign up for it. We're gonna have childcare, we're gonna have pizza for the kids, we're gonna have a great meal for the parents, so come see me after service, and we would love to have you at Parent Night. Thank you all. Thank you. I love what God's doing through our, through our kiddos and through our kids' team and just uh, exciting stuff. All right. Who's ready? Well, if you're ready or not, here it comes, okay? We've been in a series called Ready or Not, and um, it's about preparation. If you walk with Jesus, there's going to be things that change. You might as well prepare for change, right? If you walk with Jesus, things are going to grow. Your life's going to grow, but you have to prepare yourself for growth. Uh, and then last week we talked about challenge. Hey, challenges are coming. Trials are coming. And we need to prepare for that because uh, especially in the day that we live um, with, you know, TikTok theology and all that kind of stuff, like when, when something hard hits your life, you got every excuse in the world to walk away from Jesus and the church. And so what do you do when hard times come? And it's, it's really good to prepare for that. So that's what I feel like we've been doing during this series is just readying our hearts because no one in this room can really map out the year. Like we got our plans and we got our goals and visions and dreams for what 2024 will hold, but nobody really knows what's coming, right? And so we have to prepare. We have to just prepare and prepare our hearts. And so today... It's a little bit different spin. I'm going to talk about preparing for blessing, preparing for blessing. Now, if you think thinking at this point, like, the, oh, this is one of those churches talking about blessing all the time, and God bless you, and prosperity, and all that stuff. Well, we've been talking about suffering for months now, so <laughs> just know <laughs> I'm trying to tilt the scale a little bit today, so get ready for blessing. So I'm, I'm talking about uh, blessing in the form of, yes, finances and resources and blessing and relationships and all that. The Lord blesses us, and we ought to expect 2024 to be full of the blessing of the Lord. Am I right? Now, we ought to expect some trials. We ought to expect challenge. We ought to expect all that other stuff. But if we're not expecting blessing, I don't know that we have an appropriate view of God. Because he's a blesser. He's a giver. He's a good father. So that's where we're going to look at today. And I feel like there's some foundational things that we know. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to teach you anything you don't know this morning. I just feel like it's a reminder for all of us. 
I feel like the Lord wants to speak to us and just remind us of some things. Help, help clean the lens off through which we're seeing life, especially in the area of blessing. And since the Lord interrupted so much this morning, I don't have but like 10 minutes to preach this. But I'm just kidding. Um, so here's, here's some things we need to be reminded of when it comes to blessing. And, and yes, this, is, this message is kind of leaning toward the whole financial part of things, right? But, um, but we need wisdom in that. And so here's, here's something that we need to maybe rethink. And here's number one. God claims absolute ownership over everything. Another way to put it, everything you have is his. There is nothing you own that you own, right? It's all his. You've been given an opportunity to steward and manage what belongs to him. And until we see that and get that really down deep into us, money will always become an idol in our life. If we don't see our finances under the, the umbrella of God's total ownership, we'll just not manage it well. Either one way or the other, we'll either love it and misuse it, or we'll just mismanage it and lose it. Right? And so we've got to have the right perspective on this. And so God claims absolute ownership of everything. Everything belongs to him. Deuteronomy 10, 14, to the Lord your God belongs the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. Your Toyota camera belongs to the Lord. I love this passage in Psalms 50. This is a song, a psalm, but it's like the Lord's speaking through this, and he says, I have no need of a bull from your stall or goats from your pens. Every animal in the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, would I not tell you? God's like, I ain't hungry. I don't have need of anything. Like, 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 and, and I can imagine like this, this song of Israel, these song, there were the songs that people sang during worship. And it's like God reminding them, I actually don't need your worship. I actually don't need your sacrifice. I actually don't need anything. I'm God. But then he says this. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Like that's the whole thing. Do I, do I just need that? Do I just crave that? No, he says, sacrifice thank offerings to God from your heart. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call on me in the day of trouble and I'll deliver you and you'll honor me. Look, this is about just knowing me. This is about just worship is from the heart. I don't need anything from us, not from you. And th that's, that's the, the word of the Lord. God doesn't need anything from us, but he's invited us to know him, experience him, to partner with him. And one of the ways we do that is through the blessings that he gives us and how we respond to that. And that's what blessings are. They're love invitations. Who's blessed in here? You, if, you, if you really could see it rightly, your life is just bubbling over with blessing. But one of the hardest answers 
uh, questions to answer is what are you thankful for? And I love that practice that's kind of got kicked up around here. I think it started with Adam on the, on the worship team. What are you thankful for? We did that as a team this morning because we have to keep those things before us or we'll think, oh, I'm just, life is awful. No, but if you, yeah, there's, there's some awful things that happen. But if we're really honest and we look at our lives, we have been blessed. We have been blessed. And blessings are invitation to knowing God. Blessings are invitations to partnering with God. Even in the garden in Genesis 1.28, God blessed them. And then he said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground. We must view our blessings through the lens of our purpose, which is loving God with everything, loving our neighbor as ourself. And in doing those things, we demonstrate the rule and reign of God to a world that's lost, a world that is not, hasn't experienced the, the beauty of the kingdom of this Jesus that we have come into his kingdom. This is what we're called to do. And so our purpose, our, our blessings must be seen through a lens of our purpose. In relationship, we've been invited to God, by God to extend a rule of his goodness, of his peace. Let me ask you this. If I'm mismanaging what God's given me to the point where I'm constantly stressed and I have no peace, how can I extend peace to people around me, to the world around me? This is what we've been called to do. And how we steward what belongs to God really does matter. It's very spiritual. Very spiritual. You can't separate the two. You can't separate the two. So, so here's the question. Does my cash flow does my cash flow represent my purpose? My purpose. That's a good question. That's okay. And one we need to wrestle with. And one we need one I need to wrestle with. One I does my cash flow indicate that I actually know what my purpose is and I'm walking in it. And I'm walking in it. So we need to be good stewards. So we need to be good stewards the point. So point number one, so God claims absolute ownership. Point number two, God is an extravagant giver. He's extravagantly generous. He actually wants. He actually wants. Now, if you're like me, and you got a lot of religion, and you got a lot of religion, but you, it took you a really long time to really understand who He really wants. Then that statement, He wants to bless you. He wants. It feels wrong, feels wrong, or you, you have, there's a disconnect somewhere. There's a disconnect between that statement and, and between that reality personally inside emotions. But I'm telling you, he's a good father, he's a good, and he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. Zero amens. Maybe you're making my point. I don't know. Maybe like, making my point. He's know. a good father. Good. And he wants to bless you. He wants to bless 
you. Now, you've heard preachers and everything else and half the folks on TV say, God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. And it's blessing, blessing, blessing. Money, prosperity, all this stuff. And so you're, you're, you're kind of pushing back from that. Don't push. Don't, don't Just because you've heard that, don't push away from the truth of God's word, which is God is good. He's your father. He wants to take care of you. He wants to bless you. He wants to provide for you. But not just that. He wants to surprise you with his blessings. It's not a earn this and all that. Yes, you reap what you sow. All of that is biblical principle. But sometimes a good daddy just shows up and blesses his kids. For no reason. Just because he loves them. Your daddy is like that. Your father is like that. Your father is like that. But religion... Religion will paint that view of him. Paint that view of him. Oh, okay. Well, if oh, so his goodness depends on my goodness. Depends on my goodness. Like if I'm good enough, then he's going to be good, good enough. Then he's going to be. If that was the case, if that was the case, you wouldn't be here right now. You wouldn't be here right now. Right, you know. Right, you know. So. Don't let the abuse of the love of money the love keep us from seeing the legitimacy of this thing called biblical prosperity. Prosperity. For the Lord is good, his love endures forever. His joyfulness continues throughout all generations. Psalm 100, verse 5. Philippians 4, 19. And my God will meet all of my needs according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. There is a, there is a teaching. There is a teaching. We, you know, if you watch any YouTube videos, you hear about prosperity gospel, prosperity gospel, prosperity Stay away from the prosperity gospel. And I agree with half of that. I believe that there is a version of the gospel that majors on blessing and blessing uh, and all of that and forgets the things that actually matters. But we, we can't push back so far from that where we actually miss the point of God blessing his kids for a purpose, his kids for a reason. And so biblical prosperity versus false prosperity. Let's just take a moment and just dig this apart for just a minute. A false, a unbiblical view of prosperity is this. If I'm living right, I'll be prosperous all the time. I'll be prosperous. I'll never have any worries. I'll never have any concerns, any suffering, any pain in my life. Because I'm walking with Jesus, and he got me. You know, that means if I'm, if I pray enough, if I pray, he'll give me that car, and I'm going to speak that car into existence and all this stuff. You've heard this. Maybe you haven't. Hopefully you haven't. But there's some whacked up stuff out there. There's just some whacked up stuff. I heard a story one time. A story of a lady. Lady who was unhappy in her marriage, unhappy in her marriage, and she, and she says, I, "God has told me, God has told me to give everything I've got to this man of God on TV, this man of God in this ministry, this ministry, because if I do that, I'll be blessed." And had this whole narrative in her head. She goes down, she leaves her family, leaves her family, goes to the airport. Doesn't have any money for a ticket. Have any money for a ticket? She sits at the airport on a bench. Airport on a bench. Somebody runs after her. What are you doing? What are you? You were trying to fly out of the state. Where are you going? Well, God told me I'm supposed to go move and give my life to this ministry and this man. How are you going to get there? Well, I don't have a ticket yet, but I'm believing for one. Yeah, but I'm believing for one. 
Do you see how jacked up that is? Do you see how, you see how weird that is? Do you see how weird? There is an extreme to this stuff. But like I said, don't push away from the extremes that we miss the point. You know, if, if living right makes me prop, prosperous all the time, if praying enough makes me prosperous all the time, well, tell that to Job. Tell that to Jesus, who said, in this world you will have trouble, but I've overcome it. Tell that to the 11 of the 12 apostles who were martyred for their faith. Like, that doesn't look like that kind of prosperity, but that's prosperity. They were rich in some stuff I don't know if a lot of us have. So a true biblical version of prosperity is that God is good. He wants to bless, provide, and like I said, even surprise us and promote us. And it is for our good, but it's also for his glory. Biblical prosperity doesn't exclude us from suffering and hardship. Because we know that we're getting richer in our souls and in who we are and who, making us more like Jesus through suffering and hardship. So it's, it's not even an either or, it's a both and. And in, in the days to come, we're going to have to learn as the church to walk the tension of the kingdom where two things can be true at the same time. God wants to bless us. That's true. But we can't fall into the ditch on the other side either. We can't fall in the ditch of God doesn't like me that much and I don't know that he'd do anything for me. Therefore, my trust level is pretty low, which is how we live, whether we say it or not sometimes. But I can't fall into the other ditch of excess. Are y'all following me this morning? Okay. All right. So money is a blessing. Blessing is a tool not an idol. Blessing is a tool, not an idol. So God's looking for people who have the wisdom, who have self-control to leverage their finances, to leverage the blessings for the expansion of the kingdom of God in the earth. That's the point. It's not that I get what I prayed for. It's that he gets what he died for. May the lamb who was slain Received the reward for his suffering. Let me tell you a story. Y'all know I'm a history nerd. In the 1700s, in a place called Hernhut, Germany, there was a, a rich guy. A very wealthy man named Nicholas Zinzendorf. And he had a heart for uh, these, these refugees that were fleeing religious persecution all over Europe. And they were fleeing into... Germany at the time where, where he lived. But there was a, there was a moment in a, in, a, uh, in a museum, I believe it was like an art museum or something, and he's looking at this painting of Jesus on the cross. And he feels this overwhelming sense of pr the presence of God, and there's a little plaque under it, and it says, he died for you, what have you done for him, basically, in his language. He was pricked to the heart, and he, he said, you know what? I am a blessed man, and I'm going to take my, the rest of my life, and I'm going to live it for this Jesus who gave everything for me. And so the first thing he does is he goes, and he, he takes some of these refugees in, and he says, you can live on my land. Here's a little community. You build a community, and they were called the Moravians. 
Well, they didn't get along. And, and Zinzendorf said, well, hey, you got to get along or you can't live here. Okay, like you can't, be, you can't be fighting. You were running from fighting and now you're fighting each other. So let's get right with each other. Let's have a communion service. They celebrate what Jesus had done for them and then being one in Christ. And eyewitnesses say that the Holy Spirit fell powerfully in that communion service. And it never stopped for 100 years. There was a 24-7 prayer and worship movement born out of that moment, which birthed the modern missions movement as we know it. They would, the Moravians would, would tithe 10% of their people to send to the foreign mission field. How is that possible? How is it possible that... Millions upon millions of people heard the gospel because of the Moravians, because a wealthy guy said, hey, come over here and do your thing right here. Like it's sometimes as simple as just an act of obedience. Whether it's one dollar you got in the bank account, be obedient with that dollar. If it's a million dollars you got in the account, be obedient with that million. This life is not all there is. We're a blip on the radar. We're just, we're just a second in eternity. This life is so, it's so important, but it's so small and so short. Don't waste it. Use the blessings that he's given you to actually further his kingdom and partner with him. So God's looking for people who have the character to carry what he wants to give us. You know, I think sometimes we pray, and I think it's, it's okay to pray, God, like, send the finances in for this thing or whatever you got going on with him. Like, Lord, I, this is my desire. Like, talk to him about that stuff, you know? If we delight in him, he gives us the desires of our, our hearts. And so, like, do that. But I feel like sometimes we can ask for things, and the Lord knows that we can't handle that. And so he's far more concerned with developing us into a person who won't let that go to our heads when we get it. Or a person who can actually manage what he wants to give us. God, make us people with the character to sustain what you want to pour out into our lives. Finances and everything else, every other blessing. 1 Timothy 6, 9, I'll end with some very encouraging verses. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Let us pray. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, here, here's the difference. The Bible talks a whole lot about biblical prosperity and God wanting to bless us. But it talks a lot about, hey, if you make that the main thing, that's not a good thing. Okay, Jesus looked at a, a, a rich young ruler one time and he says, uh, the, the rich young ruler said, hey, what do I do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus said, oh, it's pretty simple. Just sell everything. Give your money to the poor and follow me. Wait, what? See, he, was, he knew where his heart was. And he spoke to the thing that was going to keep him from following him. 
We make it so easy. For, well, just raise your hand if you want to give your heart to the Lord. Jesus is like, mm, I'm going to make it hard on y'all. <laughs> because he knew, here's the deal, it's, a gra it's grace. He looked at that young man, and he knew that money was what ruled his life. And he said, here's what you need to do to be able to say yes to me. You actually have to say no to the idol in your life. Because if you walk with me, there's going to be a whole lot of yeses that you're not ready for until you've said that ultimate yes to me over what you love. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money's not the root of all evil. Money's a tool. But it can be an idol. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Do we believe it? The context was food and stuff to wear, provision of the Lord. He says, don't worry about this stuff. He says, unbelievers worry about that stuff. Seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness, and I'll give you what you need. I'll give you what you need. God is this extravagant giver. And if, if God our Father is as extravagant, extravagantly generous and we are called to actually mirror his glory to the people around us, then we ought to be extravagantly generous people. The things that hold us back from that are pursuing comfort, and our fleshly desires a lot, of the, a lot of the time. I, I, another thing that keeps us from doing that is, and I, I meant to say this earlier, just practically, if, if we don't have a budget, there's no, way, there's no way of knowing where the money's going. Right? Am I, am I right? That's not hard, right? Like just having a budget of, this is how much money I have. Here's what I need to survive. And stay within that. If we don't have a budget, we don't know where the money's going. But here's the other side of the coin. If we don't have something as practical as just the financial budget, we can't see that the blessings are coming in either. And I guarantee you, and this is what we've seen just personally in our lives. It's like just knowing where the cash flow is going, you not only know what's coming out, you know the unexpected things that are coming in too. And you're like, oh, that's the Lord. That didn't have anything to do with me. Like he gives me this strength to work and to earn money and all that stuff. This is what he does for us. But sometimes we actually just need to manage things well so that we can see his blessings. So that was, that was free and thrown in there. And I'm crashing the plane right now. So everybody's staying. <laughs> but here's, here's the takeaway. I think he's just calling us to a fresh surrender. Of like, Lord, there it is. Like, <laughs> everything I have has come from you. And I'm just going to live that way. Right? I just want to live that way. So thank you, Father. Can you just pray this in your own words, in your own way? Thank you, Father, for being such a provider. Thank you, Father, for trusting me with what you have. Lord, would you make us good stewards? 
Would you make us good managers of what belongs to you, Lord? Would you, would you give us wisdom? Would you write, even in this moment in prayer, would you put people's faces in our mind's eye who have wisdom and understanding in the financial area? Lord, if we are lacking in that, Lord, will you just give us the courage and the boldness to say, hey, will you help me? Because I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm tired of living like this. Stress out all the time. And so, Lord, would you just even practically right now, just give us wisdom. Give us people in our lives. Show us those people. And let us just step. Maybe that's the step of obedience. Just asking for wisdom. Asking for help. Lord, would you make us extravagant givers? Lord, that generosity would mark our lives, not fear. Not carelessness with our stuff that you've given us, but Lord, generosity. We thank you that you're a giver. We thank you that you gave your son. We thank you that you've given us all things that we need. And we love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now our ushers are going to take the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't do that around here. All right, love you guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday, kicking off a new series, as well as community signups. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.